Today, I talked to Hayden Trowbridge, the 20-year-old YouTube producer behind Arax viral videos. His job is literally to take Arax crazy video ideas and make them a reality using only his phone, the internet, and his negotiation skills. In this epic conversation, we discuss how Hayden landed the job with Arax and his advice for anyone that wants to work with a big YouTuber. Number two, Hayden shares some of the craziest behind-the-scenes stunts and negotiations that he had to pull off in order to make some of these videos happen. And finally, we discuss what Arax 20-person team looks like and the systems and SOPs they use in order to consistently put out million view videos at scale. Hayden, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you having me. As always, let's start off straight with the hard-hitting questions. Can you share the story of how you got the job as Airwax producer? Yeah. Um, so contrary to popular belief, uh, you actually don't need any education to, to, uh, to get a job in the creator space. I was 16 or 17, I think. Um, and I started going to events out in Venice and LA um, because my mentor at the time, who was one of my good friends, and he was kind of in the creator space. This was at the time where I was just, I loved Yes Theory and I just wanted to do anything I could possibly do to work with them, but I was 16 or 17. So legally I couldn't. <laughs> so I decided to go out to these events, meet, the, meet a bunch of creators, meet a bunch of entrepreneurs. And then I just remember specifically one night I was checking in tickets at the front door of this event because I got close to the venue. Um, and I see this guy like roll up on a Super 73 with a red uh, jacket on. And it's Amar from yesterday. I'm like freaking out internally um, <laughs> because I'm like, oh my God, it's more like everything that I've been trying to do for the past two years is happening. And so I ended up getting really close with a lot of those people in the community, in the creator space. And one of those people or the culmination of those people ended up being like all of Eric's managers, really close friends. And so at the time, um, yesterday was being managed by uh, someone named Zach Conover. I think they, they still are. I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. But Zach is Eric's manager. He's helping him build creator now as well as um, as our other company Pizzafy. And so ended up getting close with a lot of his close friends. And I remember just like working at Boys and Girls Club and really just hating, like, it's not that I hated the job. It's just, I was just sitting at a desk for six hours a day, eight hours a day doing absolutely nothing. And I, and I realized like, uh, I, I really know that there's so much more. Um, and so at the time I was doing online school because um, with COVID and everything, my high school, my la- my senior year of high school got canceled. And then my freshman year of college, I was supposed to go away. I was gonna spend like $70,000 to be on Zoom. It was the, it was a horrible, horrible deal. So I decided to start working and um, did online community college. I just remember having coffee with that, with that guy, his name's Donovan, um, who was my mentor at the time and now really, really close friend. And he was like, yeah, you should just send a cold email to, to Zach. He's working with a bunch of big creators. I'm like, yes, theory. And this guy, Eric, and he was sending, telling me about a bunch of others. So I sent this cold email and I think it was either the same day or, or within, within the week, I got a response and got invited in for a coffee or I got invited in to have a meeting with him, started working on a couple projects. At this time, I just turned 18. I was like 18 and a half or something like that. So could definitely work in, in all of that stuff. One thing led to another. The meeting went really well. I actually, in the email, I sound like a joke because at the time his um, Instagram username was Zach, the creator. And so I said, to Zach, like the, and I capitalized the creator. I thought it was hilarious. It probably, <laughs> but I was told, I was told that that was the only reason why they took the meeting because Zach, who also was someone named Kate, she thought it was funny. And so he forwarded the email to her and she was like, oh, this kid's funny. You should definitely meet with him. And so it's like the simplest things will lead to that. But one thing led to another 
had that meeting. And then I think a month later they were hiring. So they were looking for someone to fill the producer position. And it was, it was at, we were at 1.2. So the conversation was basically like, Hey, we can't really like afford another employee, but we're going to bring you on part time just to figure it out and see what happens. The goal is if we bring you on, we can exponentially increase uploads. And so I was brought on. And then that was the first month ever that we uploaded weekly when I got brought on. So we, we split our videos into like two part series. So if you start at the very beginning, we had the Tesla series, which was a two part series um, where we did the fake Tesla. And then we had the um, ice bike video where that was split into a two part series. Um, so I produced those two videos when I first got brought in and the rest is history. That was on a 14 day like free trial. So I came in and just did like two weeks of work just to like help out. And then I got brought on for, yeah. or I got brought on part-time, which was basically full-time because it's a YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Um, and so it was, it was such a joy though. Like it was better than doing whatever I was doing at the time. So that's kind of like the, the longer story, but short story is I sent a cold email and they gave me a job. All right. So did they just like straight away think like you'd be a good fit and like try you out without like considering anyone else or how did that work? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure to be completely honest. I know that one of the people that work for us now, one of his friends from Michigan was being considered for the role as well. And they got on a call because he was actually editor mm -hmm. Max, he friend from back home who was also a producer who was looking for a role. But something ended up happening where that didn't work out. And so then I think I got brought in and interviewed something Next, I got interviewed next and it was one of those things where they just had so much work and they just couldn't even think about hiring someone. They just were like, just put someone here and have them figure it out. And so that's kind of what uh -huh. happened. And it was less of like a grandfathered in and more of like a, we don't care. Like we care, but we also just like need someone who's to get in here. And so yeah. the conversation. So did you have an interview at all? Or? Yeah. So I went in and it was actually really funny. It was in, um, it was in Eric's garage at the time. Um, cause that's where they had their whole office set up. And so I had the interview and then Eric's very like, like fidgety and loves to just like move around when he's talking. And so he actually started riding a scooter, like while he was interviewing me. So he's just like around, like riding a scooter in the garage <laughs> and there, there was two and I regret not doing this. Um, I really do because I had a gut instinct and I didn't listen to it cause I wanted to seem professional, which is probably good as well. But there was another scooter and I was going to start riding along with him. And like, to just like be like, oh, I'm cool and hip too. Like I can, I can relate <laughs> with you. Um, but um, yeah, so we had the, had the interview and then one thing led to another. Basically I got connected with Eric over text, but he didn't respond to me for like five days. At this time okay. too, I completely forgot about this. At this time to prove to Zach that I was like, I wanna work with creators, I'm gonna do this thing. I had like, I, w I was like, I'm going to move out to LA and get, live with my friends so that you know, like, I'm hungry. Like, I want to come out here and work. So I ended up like moving into an apartment. And so I got the apartment offer to like move in with my friend and the job offer on the same day. Like I got connected with Eric, like the, not the offer, but like, hey, Eric's looking. So I got that and that on the same day. So I said yes to the apartment because I'm like, oh, I got a job. But Eric didn't respond for like five days because he was on a retreat for like three or five days. <laughs> so I'm like going to move into this apartment. I have $5,000 in my bank account. I think I ended up like having to spend uh, like $1,500 on a, on a safety deposit. So I literally have like three grand like left to my name. And, and I'm about to move out to LA. I'm figuring out like how to do Uber Eats and all this stuff. Like I got to get out of my house. Luckily, Eric responded. And so like that's when I finally got the interview was able to sit down with them, did a couple of videos, one video actually that I produced, then it ended up ever coming out. The rest is literally history. So like, I like, I had also uh, on top of all this, I'd like also like moved out 
and been on by been living by myself for the first time with some roommates and like took in all my payments and everything. So the job had to work. Like I had to do, yeah. I had to prove myself because there was no other chance. Like I had the bag at my house. It was, it was either, <laughs> it was either make this job work and make a great first impression and get a full-time contract or even part-time, whatever, like just enough to like barely pay the bills or do Uber Eats. Like that, those were the two options at that time. Obviously I would have figured something out, but like those, those are literally the only two options. Yeah, I love it. I see that in a lot of uh, the different stories of these like behind the scenes stories where it's like pure passion and also all or nothing, you know, it's yeah. like they bet everything on, on this one job. So, hey guys, I wanted to interrupt the show real quick to tell you about an exciting product I've been working on. Since I started the show back in 2018, the goal has always been to share inspiring stories of the linchpins that are running the show behind the scenes, but also to show you that anyone that wants to work with a mentor, entrepreneur, creator has the potential to reach out and work side by side with them. And to take that goal one step further, I've partnered up with my good friend, Ivan, who works behind the scenes at Charisma on Command. And we've been working on a six-week live coaching program. We're going to take 12 people that listen to this podcast, and we're going to train them to land their dream position with their favorite creator or entrepreneur. So if that's you and you're interested, we have a link below in the description. Click that. We'll lead you to a form. It'll take two minutes to fill out. And from there, we'll send you more info. All right, back to the podcast. So scooter interview, obviously, like sounds like it, it goes good, right? After that, they, they, they transition you into like a 14-day internship. Like what was those first four yeah. or their first 14 days like yeah so so uh back a little bit like backstory like so on the on the actual interview just something what i want to highlight because i think this is really important like eric started asking me i was like i was going in so unprepared like it was really bad and so the interview went well it ended up going well um but because we started working on some projects which was great like I, I ended up like i'm like give me the information so i can like start working on the thing so you have to hire me it was one of those things where i was like yeah just give me the information like he, so he started giving me video ideas and i started producing <laughs> them so he like had to hire me but he started asking me about my strengths and weaknesses and at that time i was like i have no clue bro i've never worked i've never done anything in my life i've like done school i've done baseball i worked at boys and girls club like very simple things and so he started asking me about my strengths and weaknesses and i remember this so clearly i was talking about either a strength or a weakness um, and I was like, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I have no idea what my strengths and weaknesses are, or like what my strength or my weaknesses um, are, because I just haven't been able to get my hands dirty with anything. Mm. Like, I don't know what I'm good or bad at, because I haven't had anything to like dive into and actually see what I'm good or bad at. Because all of my testing what I've been good or bad at has like, writing an essay, turning in the assignment, um, stealing bases, you know, uh, pitching and catching like that. That's all that I had experience with. So um, if you're going into experiences with creators, like, and they ask you about that, just like, if it, like, those are like simple things, like, what am I really good at? What am I not really good at? Um, and turn the things that you're not really good at into a strength of some sort of like, hey, I'm not really good at this. But it's something that I'm like willing to learn and improve in. And that's why I'm like, I'm excited to, to be a part of this thing. Yeah, it's just like a little a little point on that. But um, the 14 day internship ended up like turning into like a month internship. So basically for a month, I didn't get paid um, because it was just like, it was just like, going, like we were just going, we like had to like produce videos, which at the time I had no idea. Now looking back, I'm like, oh, I should probably should have asked to get paid. But again, we were, it was just going, I just wanted to work, dude. I just wanted to, yeah. I, I'm a huge person of service. Like I never want to be the guy. Like I'm never like, I want to be the air hack with the 10 million subscribers, right? That's not who I am. Like yeah, I genuinely yeah. have a deep desire to serve people um, and to help them build things. Like I, I, uh, Eric and I have a thing of like being the number one, number two. It's like, if you're the guy, you, if you're not necessarily the guy, but you're the guy helping the guy become the guy. 
<laughs> for for lack of a better term. So it's like yeah, everybody. That's everybody what the podcast's all about, man. Yeah, it's like every everybody needs the like you, they everybody needs the backstage guy. Everybody needs the person who's I, I I say that like I desire to build my success off of helping other people become wildly successful and serving people and and doing the things that like maybe they don't want to do, but that like I'm very well equipped to do. Like I'm not very well equipped to be in front of the camera and talk for and, and spend fifty mm-hmm. hours in a coffin. That's not what I'm well equipped to do. I could do it, but it wouldn't be good content. But what I am really good at is like making sure that the coffin is the right size, making sure it shows up all the time, making sure it's safe, making sure that everybody that's building the coffin is getting paid. I'm really good at making sure that stuff happens. And so I just wanted to work, dude. I didn't care. Like you didn't need to pay me. And my dad was like, they're just using you. What if you don't get the job? I'm like, dad, there's no way I don't get the job. Like I made an impossible video possible. Like there's, there's literally no chance that they don't hire me. Um, and so I just had so much. Confidence. It goes back to this, this notion of um, like, like the the classic like be so good they can't ignore you right or it's like become so good that they literally can't make videos anymore without you you know mm. become indispensable which it seems like yeah. that was what you were doing that first month what are what are the first videos you worked on and like 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 you have no experience doing this stuff right what were the first responsibilities and like like what are the crazy things and i guess you just like solved some of the problems and figured shit out but like how, how was yeah. that the first videos that i worked on were the fake tesla video which was so basically the last video that wasn't with me was the uh, the old bodybuilder prank and so eric like was basically mm-hmm. like i never ever want to have to make a video like that ever again because it's just a horrible like i i hated it like he hate he hates that video mm-hmm. and so he's like the whole purpose of powering you is so that we don't have to rush to come up with ideas and like we can just get you can we can come up with the idea and then you just execute on it. And so first video I worked on was the Tesla video. And then it was the crossing 38 miles on ice. So the ice bike video, and then it was the D, the viral DJ video. Um, I think that that was a, the sequence of it. And um, yeah, because I didn't have previous experience or knowledge in it, I kind of just was like, okay, I broke it down. I'm like, okay, what what am I what do I actually have to do here? Right? And and what it turned out that I had to do is like, just, I need to call people. I need to email people until they say yes. And so I just called people and emailed mm-hmm. them until they said yes. And so I just asked, I'm like, Hey, I'm doing this YouTube thing. We have a million subscribers. It, I said it better, but the basic premise was my entire job is just communicating very specifically, maybe leaving out a couple details so that they don't say no. And then uh-huh. all I need to do is like, get the guys there. As long as I get the guys there and everything is set up, then it'll be great. Cause at that time, like we didn't have to worry about permits. We didn't have to worry about insurance and all that. Like we, we did definitely, but we didn't, you know, like nobody cared. We were just like, we need yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was at such a smaller scale then. So I just needed to make sure that we had like a basic yes and that the guys could show up there. That was just all of what I did. I would just call people and I said, I communicated clearly. Here's what we want to do. So c- concretely, let's take, for example, the biking on ice video, right? Which, yep. which the challenge was like, there's this frozen lake. Um, yeah. And you like, how do you, how do you, how do you bike on ice? Right. I, I guess like, or you, you can probably explain better, but like, what were the specific things of like first couple of weeks you're working? Like what are some of the challenges you had to solve? Yeah. So, so that video is very, has a very special place in my heart because it's actually the first video I started working on before the Tesla video. That video is like looking back at it now, the, the fact that everything happened that happened and those guys didn't end up drowning in the lake is a miracle. <laughs> like, God bless, bro. Like, it is, it's, cr- it's actually crazy. Like, looking back at it, it was so, 
don't do it. Don't do it. It's a horrible idea. I started working on that video and Eric had already reached out to the, he saw the ice bike video has like 110 million views, this other one. And so we're like, we're going to make a better version uh-huh. of that, which it, our video doesn't have 110 million views. It's definitely more entertaining, but Eric sends me the contact to the bike guy. Turns out that Eric got a quote for the bike and the bike guy was like all in like, let's do it. I ended up reaching out to the bike guy. Turns out that he like partially started on the bike, but like hadn't finished them. And so I'm communicating with this okay. guy, like, and then, and then, and then the machine that he was using broke. And so then he went on vacation. And so there were just like parts of our bike that we've already asked him to get made. And so it's my first job. I'm like on the phone with this guy. I'm like, Hey, so, um, I was told that, uh, you got the bikes for us. You're going to two of them for like 1200 bucks. And it's going to be great. Cause at this time, like budgets are like at most 1250. If you spend more than 1250, like you have to go to Eric and it has to be a perfect video. We're spending like 1200 bucks on, on these things. And he's like, yep, like totally. And then he gets back to me. He's like, yeah, change of plans. It's actually going to cost you $5,000 to do this. Uh-uh. And I, it's my first job. I'm like, oh, like, I don't know what Eric communicated <laughs> or what was communicated, but it's almost three or four times the price. Like it's supposed to be 1250 and now it's $5,000. Like we can't, we just can't, we can't spend that money. We can't do the video. But I ended up like negotiating with this guy. I basically forced him to do a project that was going to be done in two weeks into finishing the bikes and like getting everything done in like three or four days. And I only ended up paying him like $1,300 or $1,500. So we ended up, so, and that was like, he ended up losing money on the project, which sucked. And, and this is like, again, this is why I don't recommend it. This is just like the, the, the tra- transparency of like where it is. We like collaborated with him as well. Um, and, and it was great yeah. too, because like we, put out his Instagram and everything. And, and we're like, Hey, like go, go support this guy. That's cool. I bet it's also good to show you that like a lot of the stuff is just solving problems. And like for some people like you just like it very intuitive, right? It's just like, Hey, like uh, communication sense of urgency. Right. And, and just making shit happen. For sure. It's, it's, it's really just like, how, how can I clearly communicate this project to someone else? Right. Because it's a crazy idea. We have to get people bought in. If we don't get people bought in mm-hmm. to what we want to do, the video doesn't happen. So how do I clearly communicate the video that we want to happen? How do I clearly communicate their role in making that happen? And how do I clearly communicate yeah. that we're a poor YouTube channel who like can't make, like, <laughs> we, we, I can do it for like 300 bucks. And they're like, okay, you know? And so it's also communicating that of like, yeah. hey, we like we just we have this crazy idea can you help us make it happen can you help us make but also it like happen? but also like selling like what's in it for them right like okay we exactly. have a mil- like you know your assets right we have a million subscribers we can't pay as much as like you- we can't pay your normal rate but like we have this other valuable thing to you which is like attention right and yeah and it sounds like another part of the job is finding the right allies right like you Correct. you kind of like figure it out that like c- contacting the tourism uh agency of that of that island or that lake was like the best way to kind of find the right the right people and the right allies that could could, that could help you make this video happen right so it's like and i'm, I'm sure that, that this is the, the same for like most of the videos it's like who are the allies that can help us make this like crazy yeah. video idea like a reality yeah i think that definitely is an intuitive thing like i was just trying to find someone who knew where the thing was like i was doing research and this guy joe henry kept popping up so i'm like okay let me reach out to joe henry and he got back to me i couldn't believe it it's like this is crazy and the video ended up doing so well for them that like we were in the paper and all of this stuff so the video ended up getting nine million views and then we did another one and that one did (coughs) i don't know where it's at now but 
Um, but that one, we actually ended up going to the angle and I, I wish that we had planned it earlier, but this year, I think if we could do it again, it'd be awesome, but I don't think we are going to because it's just too dangerous now. It just, it puts like people in too much danger. Yeah. 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 That's funny. But yeah, it is, it is about getting allies for sure. Like I think it definitely is an intuitive thing of like, okay, but it also is a communication thing. Like you can turn people who you would never think to be on your team onto your team purely by communicating here's what we want to do. Here's how you can involve. Here's what we provide. Here's what you need. Here's what, you know, we need you to provide. And I think like that it's mutually beneficial, but also like clear, this is something I'm learning and I'm trying to get better as like clear and concise communication, not only to external people, but internal people, right. To your team of like, here's exactly what I need you to get done today by exactly this time. And it needs to be done. It needs to be done exactly this way. Right. And it's not a micromanagement, Mm -hmm. micromanaging thing. That's like a, this is exactly what I need, right? And so clearly and simply yeah. communicating to your internal team exactly what needs to happen and then clearly communicating exactly to external people because they have no idea what's happening. They're just like random YouTuber reached out to me. I have no idea who yeah. these guys are. So it's like clearly communicating who you are, what you do, what you provide, and then clearly communicating, here's what we need from you. Here's when we need it done by and here's when we want to do it. Are you in? Right. And it's not even like, are you mm. in? It's a, I look forward to hear, I look forward to collaborating with you. It's not like, let me know if this works. It's like, we're going to collaborate. Let me know when it's happening. Like, like it's never, I always, yeah. I'm always like, this is happening. So it's the yeah. confidence and it's, um, yeah, it's like, let, let, like, like, what do you need to make this to, for us to be able to make this work kind of thing? Right. Like, what can I, yeah. For sure. Um, and, and this is so like some, real some quick, simple advice that I give out to people, which, I don't know, it's definitely not illegal, but this is something that I realized that was so helpful was when Eric hired me, me being a producer and reaching out to people or me being a manager and reaching out is way more professional than Eric reaching out. And so if you're like a Mm. solo creator by yourself or anything like that, act as your own producer, act as your own manager and reach out really professionally and almost like represent yourself. And I give this advice in Creator Now. And people were doing it and like they were coming up with fake names, which I don't, I don't suggest doing because you want to make sure that you take care of the relationships, but reach out as your producer. And they started mm-hmm. doing it and like using my, my title. Cause I, I, when I reach out to people, I, I put like urgent in all capitals and then I go YouTube partnership opportunity um, or YouTube media request. And they went from getting absolutely no responses to five, six responses a week for video things. So set yourself up really professionally. And I think like that's something I've learned as well as like professionalism, even though we're like creators being professional in the real world is like, is so, so vastly important because people don't really understand our world yet. Like we're like the type of people to show up in sweatpants for a meeting. Right. And, yeah. and hang out yeah, with our yeah. homies to, and, to make and content. People have like, a particular, people have like a particular vision of like what a YouTuber is. Yeah. Right? If you come off professional, like, it's in like you just exponentially increase your odds because the whole traditional world, which I mean was like 99% of the world is all traditional and all like used to professionalism and clear communication by, and, and so I would just encourage like professionalism and represent yourself as even if you're a solo creator, like represent yourself as your manager or represent yourself as Mm. your producer. I would, I would do it as like a producer um, and like have a nice little title at the bottom, like, with your logo and your name and your role and your email. And you're like, be super professional because it, it makes a world of difference. Cause we were getting crazy, crazy things at a million subscribers. And now that we have 10 million subscribers almost, um, 
it helps a lot. But like when we were at one to three million, nobody had to give us the time of day, but they did because we treated them with professionalism and respect. So speaking of uh, professionalism, I wanted to kind of uh, dive into you guys's process from like going from uh, idea to uh, to final published videos, right? Just to give everyone an idea of like what that looks like uh, behind the scenes of like a YouTube channel. So I guess it, it always starts with the idea, right? And you had mentioned to me offline that you guys have a specific uh, procedure or a process for com- kind of coming up with video ideas and brainstorming ideas. Uh, can you share more about that? And then just like going into the next steps that like from idea, what goes after the idea and just every every step of the way until video gets published how do you take a an idea from like a video idea from idea to a fully uploaded um video on youtube yeah so so i'll i'll break it down in the in the simplest way possible so it's ideation pre-production production production, post-production so that's how everything works but to go in depth on those there's ideation so Uh there's idea generation and idea development so we have a idea Uh Uh, creation team which is basically everybody but like in, there's specific creative people and we have a an, an external um an external group like of our friends that help us out so there's the idea generation so let's break that, let's, yeah let's break that down like 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 um each step so like how, how do you guys go about that so i'm less involved in that but what i from what i do know is it's really just them sitting sometimes in the movie room, um, sometimes in the living room, sometimes in the pool, like sometimes taking walks, like just them coming up with crazy ideas, um, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. We also have like a group of people. And who, who, who's them? Is that, is that, uh, Eric? It's our creative have, team. Like, it's our creative team. Okay. So it's, it's a mix of Eric. Eric's less involved in it now, but it's Max, who's our creative director. And then we have two assistant creative directors, um, Sam and Sam. So Sam Thomas, who's the one who's like, he's beans in our videos. If you watch beans, um, and then, uh, Sam, okay. um, Decker, who's, uh, Eric's cousin, who's working with us. Um, there are, are, there are creative ideators and then they manage a team, like a small little team of other creators and, um, like I- ideation people who also just feed us ideas every week. And so that's kind of like a little bit outsourced. So that's our idea generation. So they come up with ideas, come up with title thumbnails, yada, yada, yada. Um, the basic simply put, like, it's just come up with ideas, right? And then so from there, cool. they'll come up with a couple like they, they have like a one pager of some sort where they're like, here's what the video should kind of look like, blah, 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 blah. Then from there, they'll go into idea generation, which is they'll pick the four videos they want to be produced that month, which a lot of that conversation is now between like me and creative, like, hey, here's what the schedule can handle. We need to draw back some ideas or we need to be cautious with certain ideas because of the load that it will put on the production team. And so um, it's like picking specific videos dependent on their load. And so how do you, how do you estimate that? Like we know that a video that's going to have 10 cameras and 40 mics, and this is going to take more than a week to edit. So um, we can't form four of those. We can't, or we can't film four of those. We have to choose maybe Mm -hmm. one of those and then three other smaller videos, or, you know, we have to do two medium videos, two small videos or, a large video and three small videos or, you know, two large videos. And that's all we shoot. Right. And a lot of the time we never, all of our videos are large quote unquote, but so that's kind of, that's a now conversation between me and creative of like, Hey, here's what we can actually handle. Here's what the production team can handle. Here's what the post-production team can handle. And then, so once we pick the ideas and we've had that conversation, we kind of agreed, they go into idea generation, which is, or uh, they go into idea development, which is taking that concept and really building out all the story points. So in a creative brief, they're building out like, 
all the characters they want, all the props they want, what this should look and feel like, kind of like not a script, but like a framework to operate within. So they'll like uh-huh. script lines, they'll script scenes, but the actual actions within uh-huh. the scenes of other people aren't scripted. So we'll script like, it's, it's less of a script and more of just like an idea. Like here's an idea, we want to execute it, right? So if our last video with um, uh, Catching Strangers Lying IRL, right? We scripted out that we wanted people to steal or put, soda in their water cup. So that was something we scripted out. All of the events that happened were completely unscripted, but the experience, I, it's its like almost like an experience development. We, we developed the experience and we developed the bit. So it's like more of like developing the bit itself. Once we do that, we do that for every single thing. We write, we script out the intro, we script and we kind of plan the outro. And so that's the idea mm-hmm. generation process. And throughout that, I will sit in on meetings or so one of uh, our producers will also sit in on that meeting and be like, Hey guys, it's, you know, maybe scale that idea back. It's going to cost us $20,000. It's going to take us four weeks to produce. Like, and so there's kind of just a check and balance in that all the time. So after idea development, that's kind of like when I have the, I'm, I'm in a lot, a lot of those conversations less now. Um, I used to be, cause I was the only producer. I was heavily involved in it. Um, and so, yeah. and, you, and uh, one more, sorry, one more thing that, that we didn't really talk about was like, uh, like you're getting more involved with kind of estimating like crew and like, like man, like how many cameras are we going to need and all that stuff. Right. Cause that, that's um, part of the idea development, right? Probably. So in, in idea that's so luckily our creative director is also like kind of like our technical director. So he does a lot of that. So he does all of our overheads and, and all of our planning for like how many people we're going to need and, and what cameras we're going to need. We're looking to bring in someone to do that role actually. So if you're, if you get gear and you get creative, Text me. <laughs> um, but um, uh, so that's less of me. I, I know the crew. Um, and so I'm the one hiring them and, and paying them and all that stuff. But I'm less in the involvement of like, and then I'm also in the, in the fact in, in, in the conversation of like, do we really need seven cameras? And do we really need seven crew? Or can we shoot this thing with three cameras and one crew? Like, you know, so I'm always back. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like the Great idea, guys. Love this. Amazing idea. The answer is always yes. I learned this from my dad because he was in production. The answer is always yes, but the answer is yes, but. So it's like, yes, we can shoot this video, but it's going to cost you $100,000. It's going to take three months to pre-produce, and it's going to take two months to edit. And then people will probably be like, mm. okay, well, we don't want to do that. They're like, how do you know that? It's like, I've been doing this for long enough where I... It's not that like there's like an ego in it at all. It's like I'm always open to crit- criticism. Like If they can be like, yeah, actually you're wrong and we can shoot this in a week and get it edited in three days. I'll be like, okay, show me like, how, how does that work? And if they give me a way that's like, okay, yeah, that's, we can do this. Then I'm like, great. Like, let's do it that way. But a lot of the times when it comes to like how much things are going to cost and how much things are going to, how long things are going to take, I have a pretty good radar for that. Um, just, especially for like the whole YouTube space. Now I know that people are going to upcharge us because we're YouTubers and all this stuff, or there's mm-hmm. a whole, there's a whole other, there's so many politics behind it, but um, yeah, so, so I'm less involved in that process, but from the idea, I, so it goes idea generation, idea development in the idea development phase. That's when producers kind of come in, they start doing some research, um, there in my old role would be like budgeting and like figuring out how much is it going to cost. And it's less of like having like a final budget right off the bat, but it's like, okay, we know we have this amount of money to spend. We, there's, we can only do so many things. To, 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 we can only do so many things that allow us with that, that we can, we're only allowed to do so many things within that budget, right? So we can't book 10 locations because that'll cost $30,000, right? Um, we can't book three locations and then also book a hundred talent. 
because that's going to cost us $55,000. You know what I mean? Like there's just, it costs a lot to get people and to book places. Like it's just a lot of money. So then we have the conversation of, okay, do we actually need this many locations or can we do it? Is there another location that has those same things in like one area? That's what happened with the dating video um, with Jack. Like we found a stage and a, uh, a black curtain wall. It was literally the same. So all we had to do was flip cameras around and have and light the stage and it was done. So, um, and we oh. saved a lot of money there and time because we didn't have to transport to another location. So, uh, yeah, like a lot of it is just like me coming in and talking about like, talking through logistics with creative and making sure that we can actually make their idea happen and they're not disappointed with it. Right. So it's a lot of like humbling of like, okay, great idea right now, this is not something that we can do. We can definitely do it, but it's going to cost X amount of money. It's going to take this amount of time. And so it's like, then they come yeah. back with to us with like, okay, here's here. Does this idea work now? Or does this, can we do this bit this way? And then it's like, okay, yes, we can do that now. And so like, they can, they have basically a mission impossible script <laughs> like three weeks ago. <laughs> they're like, guys, this is going to, this, this entire video is literally going to cost us probably like 350 to $400,000. And we're going to have to set it up for like a week. And, and it has to go perfectly. And if it goes wrong, that's a scrapped 400,000. Like it has to go perfectly. And so then we went back and re-revised the video. And this is a good tool too. Like, of like we went back and revised the video, came back, still couldn't do it. Went back, revised. We're like, okay, we're getting there. Went back, revised. And they came and it was still going to be like a fifty, sixty thousand dollars video. And it was going to add a crazy amount of production weight. And it was going to be an experimental video. So we don't know how long it was going to take to edit. So I basically just had a conversation with everybody of like, hey, we should scrap this video. And so we scrapped the video and we're not doing it anymore. Um, mm. because we, like, we couldn't, we just couldn't handle it as a production, but everything else would have had to stop and we just can't, can't do that right now. So there's also that as well. Like it seems like the, the creative development is a fight between not a fight, but like it's a negotiation between creative, which has <laughs> these like impossible, like crazy ideas and production, which is grounded in reality. And like, yo, like we actually have a budget here. Um, yeah. Like we can't just like, we can't like, uh, we can't go bankrupt on like this one video. Right. Um, but like, here's what's possible and kind of like back and forth, back and forth until you get something to something that's like possible and still crazy and like still good enough to make a great video. Yeah. We talk about it as like rubber meets road, right? So rubber meets road, creative hits reality. Like what's actually possible, right? If we want to fly to space, great idea. Love the idea. Going to pull a hundred million views. <laughs> but we can't, we don't have a spaceship. We can't fly there. What we can do is go to the world's yeah. best astronaut simulator in the entire world and do that potentially. Is that an idea? Mm. We could, we can go to the California science center, right. And sit in one of their janky things. We can, we can go and potentially spend overnight in a spaceship that they're, or, or a rocket that they're developing, right. We could do all of these things. We can pay a prop person to create a $40,000 prop diorama of a spaceship, right? We can't actually fly to space. We just can't do it right now. Um, we can, or, or we yeah. can get an in with like Virgin Galactic maybe, right? And, and go on their next flight, right? But that's going to cost us a million dollars. So um, unless we have an in, right? So it's like we can – all of that is a yes, but, there, but there's going to be a bunch of things that we're going to have to do to actually make that creative vision happen. In reality, got it. What comes after the development? I'm guessing once you once creative and production agree, and you guys figure out a budget and like figure out what's feasible, <laughs> uh, the next step is like like booking stuff, right? It's yeah, like, so, like so booking and like setting dates in the calendar. Yeah, it's just pre-production. Yeah. So that's kind of my role now. Of like, okay, 
here's when we need to shoot. Here's the days that we're going to do it. Can these videos in those days? And a lot of the time the answer is yes, because they're in, it's, you know, two, two weeks out. So we can kind of get yeses because there's enough lead time. But, um, now, now it's like, okay, idea is we have the idea. It's like 95% locked in. You guys can only change it like 5%. It's like 90 to 95% locked in. That means you guys only have five to 10% wiggle room to like change ideas. You can't change any big ideas because we're already spending money and we're already getting things locked in. Right. So, um, that's a conversation that we have with creative. It's like, then that's why we kind of collaborate more in the front because it's like, we do like, it's not stop coming up with good ideas and like creative ideas, but it's like, this video is like, stop, like, don't, don't change it anymore. Even if you want to, because we have to, if you keep changing it, we have to, we keep getting reset. So it's more of a conversation of like, okay, this video is now in pre-production. That means it's no longer in creative development. That means you can't make changes unless absolutely 100% necessary. And so that's like, if they have this crazy idea, that's going to make the video exponentially better. If they like want to change a location and we've already booked it and paid for it and all that stuff. And we're like, you've already, we already said that we want to do this and we're three days out. The conversation usually is, are you okay with spending another $5,000 on a location because, and, and wasting the money on that one. Right. That's cause that's, that's what we, that's the agreement that we had. Right. And so a lot of the time we don't enter into agreements like that. And we have a, we'll negotiate a clause of like, Hey, um, or we'll do it through a website where we can cancel. But, um, there's like less creative input on that. There's, there is the creatives working with us to make sure that our, that their vision is actually being executed the way that they want so that we don't go too far off on a tangent. Um, yeah. But uh, then it goes, it really is just pre-production. So it's like, it's identifying locations, props, people, it's location, props, people, transportation, gear. Like those are the main things that I focus on and under people is talent and crew. And so it's like identifying those five things and then executing upon those and then scheduling it out and making sure it's organized. That's like really, that's really what pre-production is for us at least. What do you use to say organize? Are you using some kind of project management? Like, are you using uh, like calendars? Like, what's what's your what's your tech stack? Yeah, so right now it's it's Google Calendar um, is huge for us. Um, and again, I say all this stuff because like we're about to reflip everything and not not change at all. But like, really, I'm like my next three projects are really just organizing systems and processes for the entire company and making sure everybody's on it and everybody okay. knows how to use them. Um, because that's the next, that's the future, right? If you're not organized, which we're, we're, we're pretty organized, at least on the production team. Um, and obviously in editing, you have to be right. So the next, that what we use right now, we were using just Google calendar and Google docs. Well, originally we were using notion. So I built out the original notion system, which wasn't very good. So that's why we switched to Google docs. Now we're in Google docs, um, and the Google suite. And then we just added Monday. So we were using Monday and then we brought in someone else who was like, Oh no, Trello is the way to go. And so now we're really exploring Trello, but like building out the entire project on Trello. So like from title thumbnails to all the creative to all of the cards to the schedule, like everything is there um, as well as intermingling with, with linking Google docs. What about, uh, what about Monday? Cause I'm assuming there's a bunch of things, uh, contingencies that need to happen. Right. And that you're, you kind of have to stay on top of it with like notifications and that stuff. We were using Monday and then we're switching kind of to Trello. And I think a lot of it too um, is like, we just realized that yes, systems and processes are great, but the most important thing is just like constant communication and collaboration early on in the process between creative. Cause a lot of it is just yeah. like making sure 
we're on the same page with creative. And then from there, it's just like track however you want, right? But now that we have kind of like a production team, so we have a producer and an associate producer, a producer and associate producer, and they're collaborating. And so they need to know kind of where if they're on the same page. A lot of it really is just being hyper-specific on the task that needs to be done, right? I build it out before, like, um, oh, I wish I had, I, I, so I'm a writer. Um, and so like, I have massive, like a massive sticky note pad that I write on and then I put it on my wall and then I break that down into tasks of like oh. what's actually needs to get done. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I, how I operate. Cool, man. Thanks for breaking down the process. Of um, course. That was, that was great. All right. So next thing I want to dive into, and we kind of dove into this already, but just want to, uh, fully cover it. Um, with, I think people are always really curious to hear the team behind the the channel, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially as like big channels, like, like, uh, like Mr. Beast, for example, you hear like, there's like 50 creators behind you. You're like, what, like, what, what, what does everyone do and all that stuff? Um, and so I want to break down the team behind, uh, air rack and you already mentioned a couple of people you mentioned, uh, there's a creative director. There's two like assistants as far as creative, uh, there's yourself, right. The producer, um and then it seems like you're hiring people like like other producers right so can mm-hmm. c- can you break down what the team looks like uh and yes. what everyone does yeah so, so there's three three distinct teams so there's um creative team production team and um post-production and so those are like the main areas and then we have management which is kind of like more out, that's outsourced they're part of the team but they they're a separate company and um but they collaborate with us all the time um and so they're they're all they're all a part of the <laughs> a part of the machine, um, but um, so creative team is, is comprised of three people. So our creative director Max, and then we have two Sams, um, and they're they're the associate creative director. So they're they're really the ones that are kind of doing the um, the nitty gritty. <laughs> excuse me, the nitty gritty. Um, okay, we have uh, they're like coming up with like forty ideas, and then like studying, researching like on what's popular on YouTube. Um, and then they're coming up with ideas. They're pitching them to Max. Max is like, okay, these are great ideas. Let's work together. Let's develop some of these. These are, these are great. And then they go and pitch it to Eric and they're like, Hey, here's the, here's these ideas. What do you think? Um, and then from whatever he says, they then develop the ideas that he's, that he really likes. Um, and so that's a creative team. Then there's a production team, which I've been like blessed enough to, to, um, be a part of the thing for so long, um, that I kind of had, my own like say and how to build it right so um i it for for a year it was just me so from the from that tesla video that you saw the first one uh-huh. up until february of this year it was i produced every single video single-handedly by myself um so Damn. like until like the spider-man video that where we climbed a building like every single video was solely pre-produced by me which is you could imagine doing that for a year is just like it's 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 insane like i literally pre-produce videos sometimes in, in two days like two to three days that was like our turnaround time of like you need to figure out how to do this video in three days i'm like uh okay i guess we'll figure it out um now it's like i can i'm like i need two weeks <laughs> like give me two weeks like I used to be able to do it in three days i'm like yeah but we x like scaled up production by a hundred times 400 times like just insane um we joke about it all the time like what happened to you able to produce videos in three days but $1,200. I'm like, what happened yeah. to you guys coming up with idea- <laughs> with ideas that only cost $1,200 that I could do in three days? <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we joke about that a, a bunch. But uh, uh, so the production team now, um, I built it out in a way where so there's 
a producer for every two videos. So the producer is assigned two videos or they kind of, what I do is I say, Hey, which videos are you guys passionate about? And this is like a new role for me mm-hmm. because I, I recently transitioned to this. And so it, it looks like, okay, what, what videos are you guys like passionate about? What like fits your skills and, and your strengths, right? Um, and what are areas mm-hmm. that you also want to grow in? Are there videos that, you know, you want to take on to try and learn about? So the producers will kind of head up the individual production. So each producer will take on two videos and then underneath them is an associate producer who's also like, if we're to use traditional terms, who's more of like production coordinator, production manager, they're the ones who are looking for things, booking things, calling, paying, paying for things, getting contracts mm-hmm. signed, all of that stuff. The producer is kind of more like the visionary of like, here's the video, here's how we actually make it happen, here's how we're going to piece it together, so on and so forth. So we have two and producers, two, Sorry, two producers and two associate producers. So we have four four people on the team now, and the next thing that we're going to be hiring for would be a production and, and manager. And what's your title? Are you one of the um, produ- one of the two producers, or are you kind of like head producer? Yeah. So, so the technical term, which is like I don't have it yet, it's kind of kind of just like where I am not like in in it right now. Is like technically, if you were to look at it, it would be executive producer. That would be like mm-hmm. a traditional term. What we call it is lead producer because there's another role above me which hasn't been hired for yet, which is like as we build out the production team which would be someone who has a lot of experience in production, especially in social media production. And they would technically either be VP of production or head of production. So the head of production would be overseeing not only the production team, but then creative timelines and post-production timelines. So they're kind of like the overseer of everything to make sure every single thing is happening. I'm purely responsible for just keeping production timelines and budget. That's like, I'm basically just like an executive line producer. That's what, that's what I would technically be called. I'm just like a line producer. Um, so I'm keeping the budget, keeping the schedule, making sure everything's running smoothly. So that's the production team. Then the post-production team is comprised of Mac. So he's the head editor, head of post-production. Mac oversees four or five editors. So he's kind of, he's also, we're trying to figure this out, but like he's technically editing videos still, which we're trying to get him out of so he can be more like of the director, like a creative director, so he can like help develop mm-hmm. ideas. But we have two story editors. So they're the ones who are actually piecing the video together. There's like, it's, it's A and B team, not because like one's better than the other, but because it's just easier to use letters to separate things. So the A team is the the story editors, right? So they're the ones who are like really cutting up the story, doing all the graphics, making sure the video is told in a way that's that's um for youtube but also like very they're they're just editors they're they're like your typical editor then there's the b team editors who they what they do is cut all the videos so they get all the footage they're just like a cut editor that's all they do they just sit they look at footage they get the kind of basic story beats of it um they get it into something called selects and then the story editors take it from selects into a full video Got it. Okay. So that's kind of, that's kind of basic. And then Mac is just, he's also editing right now just because we, our videos are crazy and we, and we just need more hands and he's, he's our fastest editor. Got it. Okay. So total, it seems like there's three, uh, three on the We're creative. Sitting at 13, 13 to 14 employees. Okay. So pretty full, lean still. Full time. Yeah. Very, very nice. lean. Very lean. And, and who's doing the hiring? Is that, is like, and you mentioned like Zach or like one day, a uh, day one, or is that one one day, one day is yeah. kind of doing the management stuff, right? So like the business stuff, helping with Creator Now, the yep. Pizzafy kind of like products you guys have. Are they helping with doing the hiring as well? Or who's who's doing that on the team? Yeah, yeah. So we have another person who does that. His name is Benji. He's awesome. He's kind of like his title's operations manager, but he's more just like manager. Um, like he's like helps Zach with like brand deals and, and for the channel. Um, and then Benji's also 
in charge of finding and sourcing talent, which is kind of like a joint venture between him and I, because when it comes to production, every single person besides one of our producers was found by me. So, or, or someone from the team found him. And then we were like, Hey, Benji interview this guy, see if he's like a good fit. And then I'll kind of go yeah. over, I'll hit him with like all the culture stuff, right? Of like, here's our culture. Here's what it looks like to be a producer on this team, right? In this world. Uh-huh. And I kind of break it down. I wonder if I have, this is actually really interesting. Let me see if I can find it. Um, this may be helpful for people if they're like looking for jobs or like, honestly, if you're a producer and you're like struggling communicating, this is like my big book of stuff. It's not the most, like, I'm trying to get more important stuff in there. I have this. I, I just want to talk about post-it notes. I love big post-it notes. That's where I get all my best thoughts. Just Sharpie on a massive post-it note. But basically, it's like communicating to the team exactly what we're looking for. Um, and so I kind of created this of like, here's what I wish I knew coming in. And here's what I developed as a producer uh-huh. on the team. And what was emphasized to me by not only Eric, but like management of like, here are the qualities that we're looking for in people that we're hiring. So for the, like the must knows our calendar is Bible, right? Like everything that's in the calendar, it needs to be up to date, right? So that's something that we're working on to, to get better at. Taking ownership over your projects, developing your own unique repeatable process, share your learnings and findings with the team. So if you're learning something, like share them. We all, you know, rising tide raises all ships. Be confident, but not filled with ego, right? So be confident that you're great at your job, but don't be like, I'm the best at my job because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, uh, be, be humble, right? That's huge, but be, also be confident. Be open to feedback and always seek to learn more, right? If you do something, if, if something, if someone points something out, like, don't be like, oh, I'm, I didn't do that. Or like feedback is huge on this team, right? We have to be communicative all the time. Um, and persistence is king, right? So just being very persistent in, in, uh, in how you're communicating with people, being respectful, but being persistent. Um, and so like the qualities that we're looking for within individuals is especially producers, someone who's ambitious, right? Someone who desires to learn and become the best smart, thinks on their feet and solves problems quickly, supportive and leads by example, encourages everyone around them to do their best work, persistent, relentless pursuit of the yes, figures out creative solutions, and then innovative creates new ways to solve problems and do work more efficiently. Um, they're self starter disciplined and they're a learner. That's like, that's huge. And obviously someone who loves YouTube and sees the, the future of it, right? Cause if you don't see the future of YouTube, and you don't care like about YouTube. It's like, it doesn't make sense to be a part of the team. So those are the, yeah. the main things. So like for qualities, when I'm communicating to people, it's like, are you ambitious? I'm what I'm not asking them. Hey, are you ambitious? It's like, I'm asking questions that are seeing if they're ambitious, if they're smart, if they're a self-starter, if they're supportive and lead by example, if they're persistent and if they're innovative. Nice. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's, that's great. Of course. Um, very helpful. Um, Okay, so you say you guys work on four videos a month. Is that correct? Yeah, it's chaos. <laughs> and and are they are they like overlapping each other as far as shoots, or are they just like siloed one week? Yeah, one si- video? siloed. So so it's two week, a week and a half to two and a half weeks of pre production. We have the ideas or whatever, then we go into pre production. We're developing the first two videos first, so we produce those, and then we're producing two more on top of that. So what happens is we'll get ready for shoot week. Everything should ideally we're working on this should ideally be ready for the first shoot so every single video should be pre-produced by the first shoot which doesn't often happen um because again those extra six days are super helpful um if you're the last video Uh in the batch right if you can get those extra six days let's, let's do it so we'll shoot take a day off shoot take a day off shoot take a day off and then we'll shoot to the last video and then We'll kind of take a quick little break and then we'll get back into creation create creative ideation so okay so finally um want to dive into i asked you before the call um 
for a couple, like you're basically your, your best stories, uh, like when it comes to producing certain videos on the channel, right? Like your favorite or the most challenging videos to produce. Um, so let, let's go through those and just kind of like tell like an overview, uh, story of like, Hey, like what, what was the crazy logistics behind like pulling together this video? So, um, Number one, uh, I had I bought every seat on an airplane. What's the story behind that video? This video was an epic failure. <laughs> um, <laughs> long story short, we got mega scammed out of like thirty thousand dollars. It was really horrible. This was just what happens with speed. Like you just need, if things need to get done, you can't like you just, you just have to do whatever. It's like what not only comes with speed, but like running on tight budgets. It's like I don't have infinite amounts of money to to buy a plane, right? So. Um, basically what ended up happening is we were working with a company, a subscriber reached out, was like, Hey, I'm like work with planes and I would love to help you guys do this video. I know I have a contact and I can get you guys a really great price because I like work with them all the time. Um, and so I'm like, great. Awesome. So he gets me connected. I'm having conversations with this guy. It's great. Super professional, super on top of it. It's amazing. Like it's, it's, I'm like, great. They sent me three different plane options ranging from, you know, $12,000 all the way up to $40,000. And so, um, obviously what we needed was the 12,000 one. So we kind of negotiated on that price. Got it. It was like originally like 16,000 got it down to like 12,000 or something like that. Um, that was perfect. It was great. Everything's going smoothly. I'm planning out the whole day. Um, I look at the company that's doing it looks totally legit is awesome. Is great. Um, you know, because we're going through a subscriber, I don't even second guess it. Right. I just don't, I don't even second yeah. guess anything because, um, so, cause I'm not going through the actual company. I'm going through the subscriber who knows the guy. Um, and so mm. I'm like, great. And I kind of, I, I sussed it out. I asked a bunch of questions and made sure I felt confident. And so, you know, in my, in my estimation, like everything was great. So we get ready, we send out, we, prepare a wire to send out because um, it's a lot of money. So we send out this wire. Um, we plan the whole thing. So basically we were, we had to do it in Florida because that's where all the planes were stationed and where it would be the cheapest. So we plan this all in Florida. So we fly our entire team out to Florida and granted before we're like going on this trip and I don't even know if Eric knows this, but like the video wasn't even fully pre-produced. So like, I'm still pre-producing the video at the airport and like putting things together. Sure. It bro, it's oh it's it's crazy. And I'm like pulling all these strings and and I end up missing my flight. So I have to get on another flight. Which was actually ended up being perfect. It was great. I miss I missed my flight by 15 seconds. It was crazy. Um because I had to go get this stupid big sticker that we didn't even end up using on the plane. Um and uh so I missed my flight, which is great because then I can still pre-produce the video, get everything scheduled while the guys are there and get everything set up and ready. So I get on the plane. I'm like taking a red eye. I get to Florida at like six in the morning, seven in the morning, something like that. I don't even, I don't even remember. And so I get Ubered over and I'm just getting calls like, Hey, what's happening? Plane's not showing up. Nothing like this. I'm like, oh, what? Plane's, plane's not showing up. So not only did I fly our entire team out there, but we had invited out like 50 or 60 people. And of those, like 20 people flew out from out of state to come be a part of the video, like fans and that, and, and YouTubers. 
And so and you paid for all of those people's flights. No, they, they came out on their own accord. Okay. They came got out on their it, own accord. Yeah, because they just wanted to be a part of the video. We Because we were doing a – it was a partnership with Shopify. And so we were giving – it was all creators and entrepreneurs who had businesses on Shopify. And so they were going to get like a whole master. They were going to get basically a $10,000 course on how to build websites, how to do all of this stuff for, for free if they, if they won the video. So videos finally produced. I show up and all of a sudden like – I just get this sinking feeling and I'm like, Oh man, what's happening. So we have 60 people waiting in this parking lot that like, we're trying like people like security trying to like get us out of because it's a private parking lot that like we were told to go to, but it turns out that like the plane, the plane's not there, right? The plane exists, but the plane isn't, it's like nowhere to be found. So luckily we had a pilot who was on there, like who was, who was a subscriber who also was coming out and he's like, he's like doing all the pilot stuff, seeing if the plane's like the plane exists. It's just nowhere to be seen. And so he's like, we're going through the tail number and all of this stuff. And like, they're asking me for the tail number. I'm like, what's the tail number? I have no idea. I like try to get all this information. <laughs> Turns out, cause I did research like two or three months later. Cause I'm trying to figure out like, we just like what's happening. Turn. So, so moral is right. Plane doesn't show up. So, we're like, we're going to do it another, we're going to do it the next day. So I'm on the phone with this guy and then he just stops responding. I'm like, where's the plane? Like I, I have 60 people here waiting. I need to know where the plane it's getting repair. It's all this. He's like giving me all this BS. It's getting repair. All of stuff, this stuff. We can't do it till tomorrow. Great. We're going to do it tomorrow. I get like a sinking feeling. Like then, cause he stops responding. I'm like, this is not, this is not good. So I start calling a bunch of other plane companies. We're like trying to pull something together at like 4 a.m. in the morning because this is like the whole day. So we're like trying to figure it out this whole day. But we get basically we get scammed. What, what was great actually was that the it turns out that the wire that we sent actually never went through and it bounced back because the bank, the, the, the bank account that they were using or whatever, there was something fraudulent with it or something that was messed with it. So the money actually never ended up going through. It turns out, as I was doing research later, that the guy that I was working with for that company never actually was an employee at the company. Damn. He was using their company as like a face to get people to send him money for these planes. So he was just getting like thousands of dollars poured in this guy's account. The subscriber stops responding. Everybody stops responding. And so I like get direct, get directly in contact with the company that like the actual company and their support team. And they're like, this guy never worked there. I'm like, guys, this is a serious problem. This is someone operating under your business name that's scamming people out of thousands of dollars, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. These are, these are planes, bro. Like we did a 30 minute trip, you know, there's this, like the, the, this is like the Tinder swindlers. Of, it was crazy. Uh, it, dude, it was crazy. <laughs> and so what ended up happening was because we, we, so we ended up not only paying for anybody that flew in all of their stay, so at, but all of their food and accommodations and stuff like that. And then we ended up reimbursing all of their flights as like a, Hey, thanks for coming out. Um, type, type thing got fully scammed, ended up getting scammed at like 15 to $30,000, depending on the math. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. And then we ended up shooting the video two weeks later, did it with an actual plane company, got a better plane, spent like twice as much on the plane because wow. again, it's one of those things where it's like, if you have to do it the cheap way, you have to expect something wrong is going to happen, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I even did it so much. I'm like, I, I don't know. Like I, I, this is my first time working with planes. Like I have no idea. So that's why I went through like actual professionals this time. The second time I did it, got a real plane, got a 160 person passenger plane, 
put everybody on there, did the whole video again, and did it like literally two weeks Damn. later. Yeah. How much do you guys end up spending on that video total? I think Eric didn't. Uh, he said something a bit someone in a video about it. It was like ninety thousand dollars. I don't think it was ended ended up being ninety thousand dollars, but it was probably probably something around like fifty to sixty. So I would probably say like fifty to seventy thousand dollars for that. For which that video. like sounds like which, which about at the like time two, like three times. Well, our, our budget at the time was fifteen grand, and that was like the max. We spent seventy thousand dollars on the plane alone. We spent like thirty two thousand, thirty six thousand dollars, but it was so. And like we we learned a lot from that video of like okay well we were only in the plane for thirty minutes so the title thumbnail only worked for thirty seconds and then people like the retention went because nobody cared. Yeah, interesting, dude. That's wild. And what what's your what's your budget now for the newer videos? Like thirty, it sounds like budgets now are still technically at twenty, um, but I'm 20, pushing okay. to, I'm pushing to get more so that we can basically. The only reason for the increase is just like a confidence thing, right? The more money I have, the more I can hire professionals to actually do the thing that they're supposed to do. Like I can get really, really good yeah. people. So we just did a shoot where we upped the budget, got all the right people. And it it was literally a perfect shoot. And I can't talk about it because um, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, it's not going to come out yet. But we got like the shoot started at seven and ended at 245. Like it was our shortest shoot ever. Nothing went wrong. Everything went perfectly according to plan. And nice. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about it off the podcast. But every single thing went perfectly according to plan because we had the increased budget yeah. to be able to get in the right people in the right places, which was which was awesome. The last one um, across America in a perfectly straight line. You said yes. that was a, there's a good good story and uh, good story behind that one. Yeah. So um, we had just finished the ice bike video. So uh-huh. we, 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 so the, the line that we picked started a hundred miles away from where we finished the ice bike video. So we finished the ice bike video. We were supposed to start the straight line video like two days earlier or something like that. But the guys were just toasted from that other video. So I got them like a uh-huh. really sketchy motel hotel on like the border of Canada and Minnesota. And, or it was like, <laughs> might've been in North Dakota as well, uh, or it might have been in North Dakota. So we start the video or whatever. The crazy thing is that. I couldn't find a van to, to travel in anywhere near where they were. Like they're just, they were non-existent. So I paid a P like I went on Craigslist. I found a PA in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I paid them to go to Wisconsin to go pick up a van that was really cheap and great. And then this company that like wanted to work with us, that PA picked up like all of the other things that we needed. Like the, they, we had like a bunch of pool floaties and stuff that we like for, for jokes that PA drove all the way to the place, dropped with a fr- with a friend that was following them in a car, dropped the van off, gave the keys or locked the keys or something, and then drove back. We got the van, finally had the van, drove to North Dakota, stayed uh, in that motel, then started in North Dakota, did all of that stuff. And so because I'm not there with them, right, it's just the boys, I am in California, beautiful weather, like just chilling at my computer and I'm tracking Eric on Apple map or on, um, on, uh, find my iPhone and I'm just watching them go. And so I'm, I've set up all of these vehicles for them and I'm having to communicate with all these vehicle companies to be like, Hey, here's where they are. They're going to be about three more hours to the location. Right? So we said it was this time. And so like, I'm actively, I didn't even pre-produce the video. Really? I'm just like actively communicating with all of the vehicles that we have set up to make sure that they're like okay to be at this time. So 
with the the where they did the um the quads or whatever the the razors that was a company yeah. i found that day like literally that day and was like hey we're this youtube channel we have this many subscribers will you stay open or have someone show up later in the day to like take us on this so it was a, it was a dealership so we asked to test drive the vehicle so we went through we drove through a dealership the dealership took us on their like track we did that and then landed back and then just started the, the trip again and so I was just actively communicating with all of these people. So I was like, I was on the go producing and communicating with all of the vehicles, um, as well as with the boys to make sure that they were safe and all good. And, you know, they were just filming content or whatever. So yeah, I was just like actively producing that. And luckily at that time I had like a PA who was also helping me. And um, she was contacting, like we had to change around all the vehicles because they didn't like the vehicles that we originally had planned because they didn't serve a purpose. So we're like, okay, now we have to find purposeful vehicles. How do we do that in the middle of nowhere? So we're just like on Turo, like giving the exact location of where we want to do this thing. And then we're giving exact coordinates of on the line of where they need to go to meet the vehicle. And then this one guy showed up like really late. So we had to wait for him and it set back everything else. Um, and it was just like a whole, it was actively producing the video. But to get the straight line, it's like, it's literally impossible. Like two crosses, the, the, the state in a straight line, it's, it's impossible. I tried to do it myself and I just couldn't figure it out. Like I, I did, but it wasn't really good. I paid someone on Fiverr to, I gave them the two points and I said, I need you to create the straightest line humanly possible on Google Maps between these two points and send it to me. And then that's what ended up happening. That's the map that they used to, to go on the, the trip. That's epic. What a story, man. That's great. Yeah. I, this, as, as you're sharing these, I feel like there's a, there's a podcast format or there's a, there's a YouTube format where it's like behind the video, you know, yeah, for sure. where it's like just these store like clips of these stories, you know, like 10 minutes of breaking down. Like what, what's the story behind this video? Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. Um, so many crazy dude, things. This happened. was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. It's like also like sending, great. You, sending your friends to Antarctica. It's like, or not Antarctica to Alaska. Oh, that actually, yeah. this is a crazy story. I have to tell it before we leave. So Go for it. Um, the Alaska video, we're like doing that for, I don't know, however many, uh, we're pretty, we, that's like a, the one of the longest videos that it took to reproduce because we had to get it in. We had to do a bunch of things like get it passed, right? To get the, the trip prepared. So I think we were like three months before we're, we're planning that video. And so Eric, lovely, lovely Eric is a busy man. And so he also right after had to go to Spain to go film a commercial for something. So we're planning this whole trip and then we're planning the Spain trip around it as well to make sure that he can do it because it's before the end of the year. Um, and so they go to Alaska, they have the whole trip or whatever. I get a call after the trip's done. Hey, Hayden, what's up, man? Uh, I forgot my passport in LA. And he's leaving from Spain the next, he's going to Spain the next day in the morning from Alaska. And so I'm like, damn, how do you forget you? Like you, we, this is the one thing I said to bring. So he forgets his passport. Love the guy. L- love the guy. Forgets his passport. And so he's like, you should just overnight ship it. And me being the producer, I'm like, that's a horrible idea. There's no way that this passport gets to you. It's just not happening. There's no way that this passport's going to get to you in time for your flight you're going to be trapped in Alaska and then you're also going to lose your passport because something's going to happen and the passport's going to be lost. So I'm like, okay, I immediately go on flights and I'm just finding flights to a lot, like where they are flights to Alaska. I find one that leaves in like 
three or four hours. And I call Eric. I'm like, I'm getting on a flight right now and I'm flying to Alaska and I'm going to go deliver you your passport. (laughs) So I didn't know it at the time, but it turns out that there wasn't a straight flight, but there was another one, but I didn't, I didn't understand what the abbreviation was. I just booked the flight. I couldn't even think about it. It turns Uh out that I had to fly to Hawaii first to then get to Alaska. (laughs) So, and this is during COVID. So like, I'm like, oh my god! I have to fill like all these stupid forms for Hawaii at the time because oh I, there's like all this stuff. So I'm like freaking out, and I'm about to miss this flight because I have to. F- I'm standing in line for this to fill out this form, and they're like, "Who's? Is there anybody who like needs to? Is just a, a connecting flight?" And I'm like, "I'm a connecting flight. I'm going to Alaska." And they're like, "What?" And like they're like, "You don't need to fill the form out because you're not going onto the island or you're not going into the island. You're staying in the airport, so you don't need to fill out any of the forms." So I get on the flight. I fly to Hawaii. I stay in Hawaii for like two hours. Get on another flight. Fly to Alaska over like red eye. Meet Eric in Alaska. Um, Uber over to his hotel. Meet him at his hotel. He's like on a crater now. Call in Alaska, and uh, and then I give him his passport. And I was gonna stay a little bit longer because we were going on break right after. But I just couldn't I, at that time. I couldn't afford it. Um, and. Uh, and then deliver him his passport. He goes to Spain and I fly into Seattle. I was like, this is like when all the flights are getting canceled too. It was in December of last year. So just horrible. And I'm like, I just want to get home. I like, it, I literally just, I do not want to be. So I fly to Seattle. My flight gets canceled. I'm like, I need an, I just need another flight home. Like figure it out. So I like get this lady. I'm like on the phone, like booking this flight. The lady at the, the desk can't figure it out. So I'm on the phone, figuring it out. I finally get a flight home. Um, and yeah, that was that was that Alaska trip. <laughs> Dude, the job, the job of a producer, day in the life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just another Friday, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, um, this was great. I think this is a good, good, uh, good place to wrap up. Amazing. Uh, where can people find out more about you, follow what you're up to um, on the internet? Yeah, um, you can just. I mean, I'm not. I have Instagram off my phone. Um, but if you guys want to okay. uh, text me, or not text me, if you want to hit me up on Instagram, it's the Hayden Trowbridge. Um, because I can't get at Hayden or at Hayden Trowbridge because there's people who have it. So I need to call my contacts. Um, you know anybody on Instagram? Give me at Hayden. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I don't have anything else. Cool. Awesome, man. Email me. Well, that's a wrap. <laughs> I guess pe- people, uh, if they want to em- email you bad enough, they'll figure out what your email is. is that, yeah, is that a good true. Way to put it? <laughs> it's true. All right. Sounds good. That's a wrap.